Hello and welcome back to another episode of Baseball Night. I am Tom Brown, joined as always by my brother Jack. Jack, we uh, didn't record last week, even though we promised to be here pretty much every week. Um, because, you know, kids get sick and there's nothing we can yeah. do about it. Some kids oh. puke. Some kids just run off hunt. for 10 days in a row. Yeah. So that happened. But no what else has happened. Actual baseball games. Oh, yeah. Games of oh, baseball. Yeah. Which will start there. I am one personally to be a guy that watches the starters hit or a starting pitcher get his time in. If there's a a prospect that might be coming in and as a sub that didn't start, you know, maybe I'll watch them. But for the most part, I get those first three innings in and then I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you view spring training games? Well, I've watched, I've watched pretty much the entirety of every game that they've played. I, um, I really like the way spring training is, is kind of managed with, um, you get a good look at everybody kind of in the farm system. Um, you know, a lot of, um, guys that you would not see that are probably going to play in Worcester and some even in Portland. Um, so I, I like it. I like when the starters get out of there. Um, I, especially because I don't want any of them to get hurt. <laughs> the Red Sox already have an uphill battle. So, you know, get them there at bats or so and get out of there. Uh, there's really only been two guys that have played in all the games, maybe three. Um, I can't wait to talk about all three of them because I like all three of them. But yeah, it's um, it's fun. I like it. Uh, I'd like to see a couple more of the question marks go in terms of pitchers. Really, the only guy that there's been questions around that has gone so far has been Corey Kluber. Um, but yeah, none of their big name, I mean, big name in quotes, starting pitchers have have seen any action yet. Yeah. Um, we have seen some of the, the main guys get at bats this early because the world baseball classic, which we're going to get to later, but it has been great to see a lineup with Yoshida because he's the, he's the biggest question mark. We, he's such a mystery. Uh, you're seeing Devers, you're seeing Casas who isn't even playing on a team. I don't think, I don't think he's going to the world baseball class. No, he's not, but Verdugo's playing for Mexico. And Duran's playing for Mexico. So you're seeing a few guys that wouldn't normally... Alex Cora has even admitted they wouldn't normally be getting at-bats and playing time this early. They'd just be in the cage, on backfields, getting ready, and then midway through, they'd start ramping up. Yeah, I mean, I I get that too, but uh, Jaron Duran has only taken two at-bats. Like, he's not not getting a lot of time. Um, So... He is definitely saving those guys. Uh, but yeah, like you said, um, a lot of it is because of the World Baseball Classic and, and getting guys in to to go play uh, in Florida and California. But yeah, I mean, I, it's it's more than anything. It's getting me very excited to watch baseball full time again. Yeah. Um, just to see it out there. And there are some guys that I think are guys that are going to start the season in Worcester who you're really going to have to convince me are not as good as some of the guys they have on the roster. I know it's early in spring training and it's overreaction time for everybody, but you know, like a guy like Ryan Fitzgerald mm-hmm. who has played in all the games 
and has, you know, pretty much torn the cover off the ball, uh, is probably going to start the season in Worcester. And uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to mount a pretty convincing argument to tell me that he, he is not as good as Bobby Dahlbeck, who will probably start in Boston. Yeah. See, that's the thing is when you when you compare a guy like Fitzgerald to Dahlbeck and it's like, why not have. We know what Dahlbeck is. It's it's not I it's not going to happen. I don't care that his first two at bats, he had a double and a home run in spring training. That's his M.O. That That, is Brian. That is Bobby Dahlbeck's M.O. Like what? That's what he exactly. That's what he does. And then he comes and he faces one, two, three, and four starters and gets wiped out. Yeah, it's curveball central and he can't hit that. It's so, yeah, Fitzgerald, 28 years old, just give the guy a shot as yeah. a utility infielder. I don't know how much he's listed as shortstop. I don't know how much he's, um, oh, that's bounced weird. I around. have him on the, on the Red Sox page. I have him listed as a first baseman. Oh, I'm on. Wait, Ryan Fitzgerald, shortstop. That's weird. I'm on the Red Sox page too. But I hey. mean, on the uh, but there's like there's there's a lot of competition at first or third, like with major league guys that have joined this roster, that or former major league guys. Like, is he gonna beat out a guy like Nico Goodrum? Probably not. Is he going to mm. beat out? Yeah, they have Daniel Palka, who, I mean, I to be perfectly honest with you, I did not know they signed <laughs> the former White Sox slugger, but um, you know, he's a major league ready guy. That you know, I don't know what they don't see in Ryan Fitzgerald. All I know is that in the first five games of the spring, he's batting five hundred and and absolutely roping balls everywhere. Gets thrown out a lot trying to stretch a double into a triple, but. Well, he would fit in perfectly with the Red Sox because they, they, <laughs> I mean, I think it was Verdugo did it in like the first or second game. And I was like, these guys just keep doing this. Their, yeah. their habit of running into outs is just, it's staggering. It's been going on since Cora got here. Yeah. He, he, they were able to frame it as being aggressive uh, the first sure. year he was here, but yeah. I don't think it still works that way. No, I don't, um, I, I don't either. It's, Know what it is? It's utterly frustrating. It is just so annoying to watch. But yeah, I agree. With Dahlbeck in that first game, I saw all the Twitter positivity, which I am all about that in February and March. I I look at the team. I watch the games. I'm like, hey, look at these lefties. Their lefties are pretty good at a righty bat. That's not Bobby Dahlbeck. But... I just don't see why you would do it with Dahlbeck again. Don't, don't do it to yourselves, fans. It's just, it's not going to happen with the guy. I think the best thing is some sort of trade, even if it's a not so, you're not going to get much for him, but you can do the whole change of scenery thing and, and see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just, um, it's not good. It's not a good. You muted yourself. 
he's not major league ready. And I, I don't know what else he has to show for that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Who else, who else got you excited? You said there were a couple guys. Um, the one guy that, you know, it wasn't, I, I didn't really know a lot about, but it was Lou Merloni who actually got me excited was Sedan Raffaella. Oh uh, yeah. He was in the, um, uh, oh, one of the trades last year. Oh, the Vasquez trade, I think. Is that right? He, yeah. um, he just, the way Lou Merloni talked about the way he played center field gets me excited because as of right now, their starting center fielder is Adam Duvall. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can fly like they need speed. Uh, they need defense. And, you know, it seems like I'm so surprised that Jaron Duran made a world baseball classic roster. Um, and there has been talk of him, you know, with a new swing, um, and he's worked hard, but I, I mean, that could be a viable option in center, but I, I'm really with the way this Rafaela kid has been playing in the spring, like nothing jumps off the page at you, but he just looks like he's a major league center fielder, which is very exciting to me. I just want to clean up what I said. Emmanuel Valdez was who I was thinking in the Vasquez trade. Um, okay. Yes. Well, he's going to be who I talk about next. Um, well, Merloni posted a picture of him on Twitter and was and said, didn't get a video, but just watch this guy take swings and he you're you're gonna fall in love with this guy, is what he said about Rafael. Rafael, oh, Rafael, okay. Um, Rafaela. yeah, I uh, I, I, I think that obviously it's the first week of spring training, and like I said earlier, tons of overreaction happening right now. Um, but it, it seems like the Worcester roster is more exciting than the Boston roster, uh, just with all the potential. So Rafaela, um, was, he's on the 40 man roster. He's okay. slated for the Woo Sox center field shortstop. I just, yes. A nice Kike Hernandez mold, uh, Carousel. So. You know, you got there. You go. Too bad he didn't have a guy from that same area to, you know, bring him up through the majors. That was a multiple-time all-star for the team, but we don't have to. We don't have to get into that again. Yeah, I. I mean, I don't see him touching the majors this year. He's twenty-two. No, probably not. I one full year in Worcester. And when they fall out of it, maybe a September call up. I was but... going to say it's looking pretty grim on the big league squad, so maybe. Yeah, who knows? I mean, all it takes is a couple injuries. And then, he's um, the... according to Sox prospects, he's their fourth-rated prospect. Oh wow! Okay. Well, they still have well May Meyer is number one. They have still have right. Casas, and then M- Miguel Blaze. 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 These names are tough to say when you don't hear them. I need to hear him on a broadcast yeah. like four times, and then I'm like, okay, it's Miguel Blaze. Marloni to say it in his weird New, New England accent. You'll just have it forever. All right, and Emmanuel Valdez was the was the third guy? Yeah, he was the third guy. So it, when Kevin Euclid was a player, mm-hmm. the thing that made you special, I mean, Billy Bean wrote about him 
or Michael Lewis wrote about him in, in Moneyball because Billy Bean talked about him as the Greek god of walks. When Kevin Euclid is describing you as a guy who really knows how to look at a pitch and, and taken that bat, that is something that you have to notice. And then I watched Valdez take, you know, he's had seven at bats in the spring, which is almost the most on the team. Uh, he, he looks like a major league hitter. He just looks that way. He's got he's got an on-base percentage of 545. Granted, it's only a week into spring training, but that's pretty damn good for a spring training guy to come out and have dropped four walks already. So uh, Sox Prospects has this awesome thing on their rankings of the ETA for each player, and I'm just noticing it now, and they're saying Valdez will be up they think mid 2023. Yeah. That's definitely some contract manipulation, which is fine. Um, I mean, it sucks for the player, obviously, but that's why they're going to do it. He's a second base utility guy. And I mean, what are they missing? Everything except a third baseman Mm -hmm. and a first baseman, but second base looks good. Or looks like a spot that he could make good. I should say he, he, Crushed that homer in that spring training game. Lefty yeah, lefty. Real bomb. Um, that was when you Yuke was compl- comparing him to Juan Soto. Not really. That, just, um that might be a stretch. Yeah, it, it well it was. He said right before the pitch was thrown, he's like, I'm not saying this guy is Juan Soto. <laughs> <laughs> um because Juan Soto is the same age as him, I think. They're both 24. Mm-hmm. Um so last year. In the minors, over 126 games and 500 bats. Valdez, 296, 376 on base, 28 homers, and 107 batted in. I'm pretty good. Well, so pretty, pretty good over here. I remember when that trade happened, we were confused why only Vasquez was moved, all that. But a couple weeks later, you start seeing from Sox prospects and Red Sox stats on Twitter you see clips of them and they're like the Red Sox may have got something here. And yeah. over the second half of the season, it was, it was pretty obvious that he's a good player. And just, I mean, they're saying mid 2023, well, the, let's make that may. <laughs> let's make it as soon as his contract is uh, guaranteed to be An extra uh, one year. year. Yeah, exactly. So the other thing too is, um, and, and I mean, it, it's not just 28 home runs last year, the year before he hit 26 in only 365 at bats. So th- there's some serious power potential there. Um, and he's not, not a very, he's, he's five, nine, one ninety. I was just going to say, he's not a very big guy. Um, but it's, it's, it's nice. I like, I like, I, I think him and, uh, Rafaela, Rafaela have had, um, a nice opening week to the spring. Uh, and those are the kind of players I want to get excited about in the spring. Um, so, like, so, like you said earlier, and like Cora said earlier, I don't necessarily need to see Rafael Devers hit eight home runs in the spring. Actually, if he hit eight home runs in the spring, that would scare the shit out of me that he was going to have a very bad April. Yeah, unless you have the J.D. Martinez 2018 year where you hit like 12 in the spring and then just carried it over. But... um. These guys, this is this is who I'm excited to see in the starting lineup once the, the Red Sox starters go to the WBC. 
they'll probably get more at bats, yeah. which is good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the major league pitchers that aren't going to the WBC, it'll be nice to see them have to face them as they're ramping up. All, all of the Red Sox major league pitchers are not going to the WBC. Oh, I meant, I meant for those players, specifically yeah. Rafaela and, um, Vasquez or Jesus, not Vasquez. I'm Valdez. Valdez. I'm losing my mind here for those two guys to face actual major league pitchers who won't be at the WBC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we can just go right ahead to the next part we wanted to talk about because we're talking about these games. I love the pitch clock. Oh my God. So the average game so far has been roughly if not exactly two hours and 30 minutes. I mean, the prospect of a Red Sox game wrapping up at 9.30 at night, 9.40 at night. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. It's action-packed. Baseball games seem more exciting now because they're not just holding the ball. There's a video. Obviously, it was cherry-picked. There's a video going on the internet, going around the internet right now of Pedro Baez in a playoff game taking two and a half minutes to deliver one pitch in contrast there's a spring training clip of this year a dodgers pitcher retiring the side in two and a half minutes with the pitch clock again i know it's cherry picked but you can watch that side by side video and realize how good for the game this actually is it doesn't it just doesn't make sense that it would take even 40 seconds to go through four signs on what you want to p- throw. Nope. First of all, you I think you have to be a Verlander, DeGrom, God, Kershaw, that level, that status of a pitcher to not pick the first maybe three pitches that your catcher throws down. Unless you yeah, know, <laughs> unless you know, like, okay, my slider's flat, my fastball, um, my velocity dipped mile an hour or two. Like, what's working for me now is a changeup, and you're like, get to the changeup. That's what I want to throw because I know the other ones aren't working. But other than that, if you're getting to like your fourth or fifth sign, the most likely that fifth sign is okay. We're now we're just calling a fastball at a different location, so it. It makes no sense why you have to go through it so much. And then batter's like, well, this is taking too long. I'm going to step out. I love the idea that you there's a limited amount of step-offs and step-outs, limited amount of pickoffs. It's just, I think by the third week, everyone is going to be like, oh, shit, this is great. Yeah, I think by the end of spring training, everybody's going to do it. But like, I don't like the fact that a game ended on an automatic strike. That's probably not the best way to end a game. I wonder uh, if it was a, a spring training tie, but when that happens in the regular season, it's going to cause an uproar. Mm-hmm. But even if it ends an inning with runners in scoring position, that's going to cause a problem. Yeah, I I just don't know. I I'm I don't know what they'll do when it comes to just the first time it happens. I don't know if I love it but I think you'll also get used to it. One thing I was thinking, the way it happened for the Red Sox was the batter was called out. Mm -hmm. If you watch an NFL game, 
and on fourth and the game from the 12-yard line, there's a flag. If it's a holding penalty on an offensive lineman, game over. If it's a holding penalty on the defense, you get an extra play. So I wonder if they tweak it in saying like, okay, this was on the pitcher. Well, that would like, I don't know how you could tweak it because say the bases are loaded. It's called on the pitcher. You walk in the winning run. I, I, I just don't know if, if there's a way to make it so that you could do it like the NFL where maybe the hitter doesn't get penalized. But you also have, what, fucking 20 seconds to step in the box? Just step in the box. Yeah. Because yeah, then exactly. there's nine but, more seconds. So I saw that um, Miguel Cabrera got an automatic strike called on him. And uh, his manager, which I think AJ Hinch, he said, um, you know, it's going to take him a while to unlearn to say hello to the umpire, say hello to the starting catcher talk to the other dugout, talk to the opposing, talk to his own dugout. Cause he has that like pre at bat routine and he's been in the majors for 20 years. But I love the fact that we're not listening to a minute long song. We have one guy with one foot in the box. Like, listen, I loved me some Nomar Garcia para. Did he have to adjust his gloves for 10 seconds between every at bat? No, he didn't. Well, yes, he did. But, but... <laughs> okay. We can talk. We you could have picked someone else. He would have been the poster boy for this pitch clock. Was... Him and Ortiz we used to hawk a giant uh, chewing tobacco lug in his hand before he touched his bat. Well, I mean, my guy, I love him, and I loved watching how he batted and his approach and all that. But who Bogarts took forever. He would do. He, yeah, he underrated, adjusted everything, took his time. Him had... and. That was by design, though, because when him and Devers, uh, after the Mookie trade and they got a new hitting coach, the whole thing was like, you need to take a step back. Like all last year, you would see Devers take out, step out, take that giant deep breath in and then step back into the box. Like, yeah. just can't do that anymore. Or you I can think... just got to be a little shallow over breath. Yeah, that um, the J.D. Martinez effect, because he, he does it, too. So, listen, that's we've just mentioned. Five Red Sox hitters we've seen in our life that took forever. So speed it up. I don't think I'm I might be remembering correctly. Manny didn't need to wait. He is looking fastball in. So no, he would, yeah, I'm he ready would just to put go. Back on his shoulder. <laughs> I saw um I mean, so it's under it's under it's around two and a half hours, like you said, for the game time, which is the first time since seventy eight it's been that low. Like like, I don't understand what happened from 1978 to last year that everybody was just like, it's okay. Everybody here has four hours. <laughs> everybody here has signed a social contract. Like, you have four hours to wait, right? Well, I think one big thing, one big change so came I'm happy. in like 20s. I'm happy. I, I like everything about it. In 2016, they started, there's a clock. This has been going on for like five or seven years. A clock in every stadium that says you have two minutes in between innings to prepare for pitches. You don't take your time throwing eight pitches. Get your however many pitches you have in two minutes. Um, I think it goes along with the like mental preparation for games. 
and I get it. But preparation is before the game. Do all your prep and then go play. I just, I don't know. A lot of that, I need my routine to get myself set is like, eh, you could cut five seconds out of it. Yeah. No, and, and that's the whole, like, uh, I've seen a lot of arguments against it online that have said, like, it doesn't even feel like I'm watching baseball anymore, which is the most pretentious thing I've ever heard. Uh, but I, I agree with you. You don't need to take 35 seconds to stroll from the on-deck circle to the batter's box. Another 10 seconds to say hello to the catcher, say hello to the umpire. And then another 10 seconds to put the bat on your shoulder. Let's go, man. Fire that pitch. Let's go. We all know what we're doing here. I don't yep. think it even takes away the mental aspect of it, of like, what am I going to throw here next? You have, an, you have enough scouting. You should know that this is what I want to set them up with and, and break them off with. Like, You're sitting with your pitching coach and catcher and manager before each game saying, this is what we're going through. And then... This is what the pitcher, like, this is their weakness. Try to, don't throw low to Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. What? There you go. Go out there, have a good time. Don't throw low to Mike Trout, basically. That's, the, yeah. you know, you're, you have the full scouting report, like you said. Another rule that I think is going to be dope, because I think it's going to bring steals back, is the pickoffs. You're yeah, only allowed... Yeah, it's going to bring speed back into the game. Let's see, pickoffs are one version of a disengagement. So, you can, after a a third step off, the pitcher will be charged the box. So you can only step off or pick off twice. And then it's go time, which is awesome. Plus uh-huh. the bases are bigger. That's another rule change. I think steals are going to be going to be back. You know what is, uh, I, and we haven't, I know we're going to talk about it. Probably I'm going to bring it up right now. The other rule change that I cannot wait to see, because since 1942, when Lou Boudreau shifted on Ted Williams, it has been the most ridiculous thing in baseball. I can't wait to watch absolute seeds fall for base hits now. Averages are going to go up. People who, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who would just load the load one side of the infield for a guy who can't go the other way. That person is not going to be out of the major leagues in two years now. They can mm-hmm. actually show what they can do. I'm so excited for that. I hated the shift. I hated it when you'd have four infielders and basically three guys playing right field against a a lefty hitter. Like Jason Giambi, I never really liked him as a player, but it must have sucked for him to be like, all right, well, I can't get any hits unless I try to lift it over everybody's head. So I think it's better because then you pitch to – or guys learn to contact the ball more and it's not just launch angle and home runs, which is basically what all hitters now are strikeout or home run. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it in the spring a few times, like ground balls are trickling through. Um, but at the same time, was it, I think, uh, Kike made a nice play up the middle. I think you, you still can stand like right next to second base. Like the second baseman can stand right next to second base on a righty. I know that's how they play Mookie. So the shift against Mookie is going to be like the same. Yeah. They play uh, him up the, up the middle. But that's 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 like shifting for a double player being a double play depth is that's a, a regular baseball play. I love that they took away the fact that it's like, oh, the left fielder is going to play third because we know this guy's only option to get it into left field. is a bunt like, no, that's... no, I, I know I get that. 
I'm saying that you're the still going to see guys shifted over. Like they'll still pull, yeah, but not as severe. Yeah, I'm. I I I like the shift rule too. I'm just. I'm saying for the defense, there is still strategy. There's still yeah. taking stuff well, away, it's also, and closing gaps. It's also going to make defense more valuable too. Right. Like it's not just going to be. Oh well, we have four guys on the right side of the infield now. It's like, no, you're the second baseman, man. That's your ball. Yeah, that so it works out. Great overall, for... just overall, just win, just wins all the way around in these rule changes. I think. Yeah, unless you're, you know, your boy Garrett Cole, who already complained about there being a soft spot in the middle of the new bases, and he's worried about rolling his ankle on a. On There's a soft face. spot on that dude's head that hasn't fully closed yet. What a baby. Yeah, he complains about everything. And to think, and this is this is makes me feel good about where we are as fans. I didn't hate him when no, he was we, on the Astros. I was just gonna say that we still hate the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't hate him. I he beat the Yankees in the ALCS in 2019, and he gave this great post game on the field interview. I was like, wow, that was great. He like gave insightful answers and stuff, and then. He went to the Yankees, and it's like, now you just complain about everything. I'm sure the insightful answers are still there, but we hear them as just like, oh, this crybaby. Yeah. Well, I can't I get over. I when he was on the Pirates, and it was completely low stakes, where you could just root for a good pitcher on a bad team. Yeah. The um, You just can't get over them taking sticky stuff away and him complaining about how hard it was to grip in the wind. It wasn't Crying. the cold or the rain. It was wind crying all right Not we'll take a break and then we're going to talk about the world baseball classic because it starts one oh less than a week from when we were recording this yeah by popular demand too this was a youtube commenter yeah who well, shall remain nameless yes well uh we're going to take a break we will not name this person here you go murph we're talking world baseball classic the world baseball classic starts wednesday march 8th with a game that I I don't know if I'm going to wake up for, but I think it's Chinese Taipei. We'll DVR it. We'll DVR it. Oh, I'm, yeah. Shout out to YouTube TV where you can just click the plus sign and record all World Baseball Classic events. That's great. So I'll be doing that. Because... Uh, Chinese Taipei is not in it, so I think it's Taiwan that you're thinking of. Oh, Chinese Taipei has been in it before, though. I'm just trying not to. Well, uh, let's 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 get this. Let's level set here. My okay. least favorite corporate term of all time. Um, there are four pools, A through D. Pool A is Taiwan, the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Pool B, Japan, South Korea, Australia, China, and the Czech Republic. Pool yeah. C, USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Great Britain. And pool D, Puerto Rico, Dominican, Venezuela, Israel, and Nicaragua. What is happening? Well, can you check the date on yours? Yeah, the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Oh, because I got Pool A, Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, and Italy. And an article written... Mine's in... from Baseball America, written on an, uh, today, March 22nd. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm off by... Out of date, out of date here, Tommy. You're off by four years, are you? <laughs> No, no, it's 2023. It was just um 
MLB.com had had some bad bad info. So let's see. Teams. We're sorry, Murph. Call in. If we if we could just get Murph to call in. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna you know what though? He's gonna try now. And <laughs> Jack, I am I going crazy? I'm seeing Chinese Taipei and Pule. Maybe. I see Taiwan, the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Well, game one, two, oh, geez, Tuesday, Tuesday, March 7th at 11 p.m. I'm sorry. I'm in bed. But I got Cuba versus the Netherlands. Okay. Is that what That's you're good. saying? I mean, if we're – yeah, I don't have the schedule in front of me. Um, But let, let's take uh those. And really, I think it's two teams from each pool advance, correct? Yes. So uh, let's go. Pool A, we have Taiwan, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Who do you have moving in from Pool A? Okay. So do you have, I'm sorry, say that again? (laughs) Taiwan, the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Okay. So MLB.com has Taiwan as Chinese Taipei, which... I'm assuming that Taipei is We're going to have to revisit the USA's one China policy before this episode goes out so we don't offend anybody, but yeah. Okay, so anyways, now that we have that straightened out, uh, Cuba in the Netherlands, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I think so there. Um, I think... Nothing against Pool A. I don't know. Well, obviously, Cuba is an international powerhouse uh, for baseball. Um, and the Netherlands has, uh, I guess, Aruba to, to pick from as well, too. Um, hence the reason why Bogarts played there. But it, it's, uh, I, I think that when you get through pools B through D is when you start seeing some serious international players here. Um, from Pool B, we have Japan, South Korea, Australia, China, and the Czech Republic. I mean, let's face facts. Everybody's looking at Japan and South Korea to come out of that pool. Yeah. just I want to just point out there that the Netherlands infielders are Xander Bogarts, Didi Gregorius, Jonathan Shoup, and Andrelton Simmons. So all, all major Above leaders. Above average fielders there. Yeah, and above average infielders. Yeah, Jerickson Profar is on the team. And obviously... Good for the, Didi Gregorius still doing it. Yeah, but I agree. Japan is uh, going to probably dominate that, but I did. Um, they did just lose uh, Seiya Suzuki. Seiya Suzuki from the Cubs. Lars yep. Newt Bar is playing for him. For Japan? Countries. Yep. I don't, yeah. I don't get that, but, you know. I mean, it's your parents' birth country or something like that, or wherever your parents yeah. have citizenship at. So or then, maybe it's your grandparents, because I know a lot of Italian, the Italian team is American-born, like Italian-American guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Pool B, uh, Japan and South Korea. Um, I, I actually, I, I don't think that China, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I don't think that China has ever been in a World Baseball Classic. Um. They know. may have. I don't think they've qualified for a pool. Um, I don't know that it was a big baseball country, to tell you the, the God's honest truth. I, I just had no idea. Um, 
I don't think Australia can do much. Uh, but again, there's always it's baseball, man. Somebody can get hot. Like the, the U.S. didn't make it out of pool play once. I was just gonna say my biggest fear is like Canada or someone gets hot and they just knock <laughs> the U.S. out of the pool, and then it's gonna make for it's still gonna be exciting, but not nearly as uh, you know raucous as it could be with the U.S. in there. So, um, so all right, let's get into it, man. Pool C. Here we go. U.S., Colombia, Canada, Great Britain, and Mexico. Yeah, I think um, U.S. and Mexico are probably the top there, it's not, but it's not going to be Great Britain. No, but Colombia, um, Colombia could could do something. You know, they're... yeah, Colombia is good, and I'm telling you, Canada's not bad. Canada's got a good roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe if uh, Great Britain could have made some more moves in the uh, 1700s, they would have invented. Yeah, this baseball, isn't rounders, but... King George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't. Uh, um, but you know, maybe I think this is World Polo uh, Classic. We got some big names in Canada. I mean, there's Freddie Freeman, who is obviously the biggest name. Tyler O'Neill's there. Uh, I was previously wrong when I said none of the Red Sox pitchers have made a club because Nick Pavetta is pitching for Team Canada. He actually um, dropped out because all right, so I was he right. is suffering from like long COVID and he's mm. taking a long ass time to get back. So he dropped out. I would worry for Canada. I'm looking at their roster. They're pitchers. Yeah, pretty tough. John Axford is probably their best pitcher if it's not Nick Pavetta. <laughs> yeah, or Cal Quantrill. Yeah, that's the other big name there. I don't necessarily think Cal Quantrill's a big name, but no, but it's a name I know. Yeah. Well, you just um, get, mainly you got to watch out for Tyler O'Neill's biceps. Great arms, all arms team for sure. Shout out to the baseball group text for that. Uh, Larry Walker, yeah, let's the face first base coach. Oh, nice Hall of Fame. Let's face facts here. It's it's a two team pool. It's USA and Mexico. Yeah, but I mean, like, even the Mexican team isn't like littered with. I guess Austin Barnes is a major leaguer. Rowdy Telez, Jonathan Arad, Aranda, Randy Rosarena, Jaron Duran, Alex Verdugo. It's not like overly over it's not like the other teams we're going to get to so let, no. if we're doing this let's just talk these are the united states players that committed which is just the best that they decided to do this so the catchers kyle Higas higasioka jt real muto and will smith mm. real muto and will smith are two of the top what three catchers in baseball Infielders, Pete Alonzo, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt Jr. And Jeff What? McNeil. That's Yeah, that's good. That's good. Bobby Witt Jr. is like has been one of the top prospects since he was drafted. And, and it was now, awesome last year. Yeah, and and now he's the worst infielder on Team USA. <laughs> like and then outfielders, Mookie Betts. Yeah, I have Jeff McNeil here. Because I think he's a left fielder now for the Mets. Oh, uh, okay. Cedric Mullins, Kyle Schwarber, Mike fucking Trout, and Kyle Tucker. They have the possibility, before you continue, 
they have the possibility for their outfield to be Trout, Mullins, and Betts, which is three 30-30 players in their team, on their team. Yes, or you could sneak Kyle Schwarber in there and have a guy who just bops 40 home runs. He'll probably be the DH of this team. I'm and then, guessing that's probably the best spot for him. Kyle Tucker, let's just not forget that he is one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball. And then... Yeah, sneaky too. Miles Mikolas, Lance Lynn, Kendall Graveman. I'm cherry-picking here. Uh, Kendall yeah. Graveman. I just said that. Uh, Daniel Bard. I, I'm Ryan. not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Their their staff it could be way better. Oh, Brady Singer's good. Ryan Presley's an awesome closer. I think... Yeah, no, I get that. But, I mean, think of the guys that aren't there. Verlander, Scherzer, DeGrom. Um, yeah, even to a lesser extent, uh, Mr. Glass, Chris Sale, like there are guys, there are big name pitchers who are not here. Like the year that Stroman won the MVP and say what you will about Marcus Stroman. He was probably with David Price, the two biggest names on that team. It was Verlander on that team. Yeah. 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 Was Verlander on that team? Maybe. I, don't I think so. But so like you get a guy like Trout in bets and Goldschmidt, like MVPs that say, oh, I want to do this. I definitely want to do this. Man, where are the pitchers? Get some pitchers here. Because when you go into Pool D, those dudes know one thing. I am playing for the Dominican. I am playing for Puerto Rico. I am playing for Venezuela. Yeah. And it's just kind of a different mindset. Their batting batting practice pitcher is Michael Young. Their pitching coach is Andy Pettit. They're Ken, Gr- Ken Griffey Jr. is the hitting coach. Mark DeRosa is the manager. And the no-fun bench coach is Brian McCann. Brian McCann's going to have trouble when he sees them playing Latin teams because he is the all-time no-fun guy. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Do they use baseball's new rules in the World Baseball Classic? I don't know. I'm Interesting. A, I bet there's going to be a pitch clock. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to look into that. Because that could play completely different and screw some people up. But anyways, on to pool D, which will probably be the most competitive pool. Yes. So let's just Puerto Rico again. You know, here's the deal, except for the DR, which we'll get to. Well, Jose Barrios is pitching, but Alexis Diaz, Edwin Diaz. So Puerto Rico has some good pitchers. Jorge Lopez. But normally it's bro. Marcus Stroman's pitching for Puerto Rico this time. Come on. But okay, that's a Christian choice. Vasquez, that's a Mar- Martin Maldonado are the catchers. Infielders, Javi Baez, Edwin Diaz, Kike Hernandez, Francisco Lindor. Um, they got a couple other guys that aren't quite their caliber. Jose Miranda is someone we know. And then outfielders, Henry Ramos, Eddie Rosario, Nelson Velasquez. So they drop off on their outfielders. Their manager is yeah, Yadier Molina. Their assistant hitting hitting coach is Juan Gonzalez. It's it's a good team. But uh-huh. Jack, this is this is where this is what the people want. Yeah. The DR staff. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara. I I always get those messed up. Reigning National League Cy Young. Reigning, defending National League Cy Young winner. Diego Castillo. Mm-hmm. Heat. A lot of heat Johnny, there. Johnny Cueto. Okay. Luis Johnny Garcia. Yimi Garcia. 
Christian Javier off a dominant playoffs. Um, Hector Neris, you know, b- bigger names than other teams. Gregory Soto. Yeah. Catchers, mm-hmm. Francisco Mejia and Gary Sanchez. And this is this is where it gets wild. This is like <laughs> this is like the but the best part is that all the best USA players committed too. Willie Damas, Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Rafi Devers, Wander Franco, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Manny Machado, Cattell Marte, Jeremy Pena, and Gene Segura are their infielders. Yikes. That's probably without Fernando Tatis, too, who would probably be in there as well. And just to top it off, their outfielders, Teoscar Hernandez, Eloy Jimenez, Julio Rodriguez, and Juan Soto. Woof. (laughs) What a lineup. Just... Just give me Japan, USA, DR, and choose a fourth team in the in the final four right now. Yeah. That's what. But this, there's, like, where do you play those infielders? A Dame, I mean. Ad- Adamas is a shortstop, and then you have yeah. Franco is a shortstop. Machado yeah. Endeavors are third baseman. So Jeremy Pena is a shortstop. Jeremy Payne is a shortstop. Also put on some arms this uh, yes. offseason. Um, but, yeah, like Cano, former MVP of this tournament, is is probably going to take the backseat to, to that team where you'll have Pena, um, Adamas, and Franco splitting up the middle duties. Uh, I'm, I bet you'll probably even see Devers play first maybe um and machado could probably play short too yeah it's gonna be the one thing for them is the who sits it was like in 2017 paul goldschmidt was awesome but eric hosmer got a ton of time because he was hot at for the world baseball classic so venezuela has some names that we we know i mean altuve Sal Perez, Luis Araez. I probably he won the batting title, but you know, I'm I'm any 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 Henio Suarez, Miguel Rojas. I usually I like know these names. I don't know what's going on right now. Too much coffee. Ronald Acuna, and Miguel Cabrera as like he's the DH, but he's the mayor of Venezuela. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's gonna be fun, man. I'm actually going over this. Now I'm stoked. Now I want. <laughs> I was saying the other day, my favorite part of it is. So the games that are going to be played in Miami, the crowds are going to be lit. Mm-hmm. That is like the second game in that Saturday, March 11th, 7 p.m. Dominican Venezuela. I am all over that. Oh yeah, I'm, big time. Oh my god, that's going to be so great. Just Yeah. It's going to be nonstop. I'm going I'm going to hear often in these 2 weeks you're still watching baseball. That why are you still watching baseball? What what is wrong with you? <laughs> it's going to be so much. It's going to be like, I don't know, Australia's got a couple good prospects here. I'm kind of liking what I see. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. When did you say it started? I have it starting on March 11th, right? 
Um. Oh, wait. What's going on here? I have it the seventh at eleven o'clock at night. Fox Sports One, Cuba versus the Netherlands. Oh, okay. I don't know why it just started. That's that's yeah. You're right. I don't know why the schedule started on the eleventh for me. That's because everybody's playing. Cuba versus Nederlander. Uh, yeah. Uh, so most of that is group A or pool A teams, Panama and Taipei, Australia, Korea, Panama and Netherlands. Oh, they played twice in one game in one day. Wow. Really? Um, That's what happens when you're just like, you're, you're yeah, not so the it US looks like, are. exactly. So it looks like March 11th is when C and D get into the mix uh, with the, Oh, that's going to be a tough game for people in England. 9 p.m. Eastern uh, is USA's first game on Saturday, March 11th uh, against England. Oh, let me let me feel bad for him. Not. Yeah. USA. USA. Yeah. Get the uh, chance going. Man, I don't know why they're playing at 10 p.m. Eastern. No, they're playing the next day on Sunday at 10 at, against Mexico. They're in Phoenix. These games are in Phoenix uh, for the USA. That, that was Murph did point I tell you what, out. Mexico is going to have a pretty big contingent in Phoenix. Oh, I'm sure. That's, I love the crowds. Come yeah. on over, guys. Make it hostile. Yeah. Hostile in a good way, though. Um, but, you know, having a kid that occasionally will just cry for no reason at 530 in the morning, like this morning, that China versus Japan game, on Thursday, March 9th at 5 a.m. Now I'm You're up. all over that. Locked in. That will that will I will start that game late. All right. So I guess I did ask this trivia question in the um in the group chat. Um what do you think, man? Who do you think is gonna win and try to give me an MVP? I know who you want to win, and I know who you want to be the MVP. Um, you know who I want to be the MVP? Mookie Betts. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> oh my God. I would also love to see Trout because Trout, I feel like people are like, oh, he never wins in the playoffs. It's like, but don't forget how great he is. But if you yeah, ask no. me right now, I would say Japan and Shohei. Ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the team is always good there. Yeah. It, yeah. And hey, Yoshida's playing. So I'm going to watch those games. Yeah. So no, I agree. I, you know, I'd also, I'd love to see Devers get hot and have a showing in some meaningful baseball games too. Um, kind of surprised Kike is not playing for team Puerto Rico. He um, is. he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear his name when he said it. Oh, um, did I say Enrique? You I may mean, have yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> screwed me up. Uh, yeah. So, uh, very excited all the way around. Uh, Murph, we'll take your comments off the air. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Or did you want to do you have your next segment, your new segment lined up? Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, I got my new segment. OK, uh, so we got a new segment here. This is Jack's baby. Tim came on the never words with a new segment, our food lists. Um, And Jack brought, you know, Jack's backed me up when I said that just because you you put chili in all different things doesn't make it versatile. No, it's, just because you can make white chicken chili and then beef chili, that doesn't mean it's versatile. Those are two different <laughs> kinds of chili. Yeah. So Tim, again, doesn't know what he's talking about. 
Like when you said there's chocolate and then gummy candy. That's it. He... I didn't I just. All right. <laughs> so Jack has a segment. We're going to do it now. Yeah. All right. Uh, so ever since Tom and I were tiny children, we have had this book in our life. We got this book in 1996. I, and I, I also that. just purchased that. Jack has the original that we had as kids. I had to go on a website and purchase it um, yeah. because I needed it. So we got this in 1996, and I know that because the last season it covers is 1995. So our new segment here is a little bit of fun, a little bit of trivia to kind of wake us up here. And what I'm going to do is I am going to read the award winners from a certain season, throw out some stats and some notables. If ne if needed, I will read the World Series winner of that season. And based on that information, Tom is going to try to guess which season I am talking about. Tom also has the book, so we will uh, switch off here. Um, uh, it's just loaded with stuff. I, I fully recommend it. Tom bought his for $15. No, uh, five. Again, it only $5. Sorry. It only goes to 1995 with the strike year. But man, was this book a lot of fun when we were kids. Okay. So for our first edition of guess the season, are you ready, Tom? Yep. <clears throat> the AL MVP of this season was Yogi Berra. Oh, Jesus. Okay. The NL MVP for this season was one Willie Mays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, this is going to be a little difficult because this year was before the first Cy Young Award was handed out. However, I do have some more hints. Just because uh, in this book, they give you a nice blurb of the season's best and they tell you the stat leaders. So let's do that. Larry Doby led the majors in home runs with 32. Willie Mays led the NL in batting with 345. <clears throat> Cleveland's Bobby Avila is awarded the AL batting title at 341. Four points less than Ted Williams who returned from the Korean War and hit 345, but was not awarded the title because he had less than 400 at-bats. Is it 1954? Um, wow. One for one in the game. Nice job, Tommy. Uh, it was my Korean War hint. Well, I did just finish a book on the Korean War, The Coldest Winter, David Halberstam, but... Um, the reason I feel like I knew this was not too long ago. Actually, a couple months now. There's a new, there's a Willie Mays documentary on HBO. And I remember that he was, him and Ted Williams both were in that weird, like, yep. they should have won more MVPs than they did. Yeah, Willie Mays had just returned. It was Willie Mays' first season back after two years in the Army. Yeah, and it was like his first real year because he had like a rookie year in 51, 52 mm -hmm. and 53 in the Army, and then he came back and was just like... Also the year uh, the Giants won the World Series, and this was the year of the catch. 
Yes, and they beat. Hold on, don't tell me. They nineteen fifty four. Was it? I'll I mean, give you a hint. To, all three the of the all three of this team's pitchers were one, three, and four in ERA. No, uh, that doesn't help. Um, the uh, the uh, former Indians. Ah, I did shit. I should have. I knew that because you said that. Once you said the Indians thing, I was like, "Are you mean now, Guardians?" I guess we should just retroactively call them the Guardians. Um, the Guardians pitcher or batter stat. I was like, "Well, I feel like if they're throwing that out there, then the Guardians had a good season." All right, so I'm one for one. Yep, you're one for one. Great job. Uh, if I could just go through some of this interesting stuff here, Ted Klazuski set a 20th century NL record when he scored one run in at least or at least one run in 17 consecutive games. He also led the NL in homers and RBIs 49 and 141. Big year for 49. Teddy. Uh, the sacrifice fly rule is reinstated in 1954. Oh, that takes, you know, it's funny. You say it's, you think of that, how much this goes back to the rules thing and all that. How much batting averages were affected if you didn't have a sack fly? Yep. Ted Williams probably Ted would, Williams have hit would have hit 700. He, the exact number is he would have hit 419 if sacrifice flies did not count against your batting average in 1941. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was the address we grew up on. Yeah, that's why I remembered it. That's a <laughs> okay, so that's a great way to end this, Jack. I will talk to you next week where we'll have eh, not much World Baseball Classic action, but more Red Sox stuff. We'll have more good. Red Sox stuff. We have yet to talk really about the MLB and the players in the MLB outside of rule changes, uh, but we promise we have that. And we also have this new trivia game that is sweeping the nation. That's true. And I'm going to stump your ass so hard. 